before we get into this episode, I just want to say a huge thank you to our supporters, Festival Republic. You've probably spent a weekend in a field with them at some point. They put on some of the UK's best known festivals. They're also leading when it comes to sustainability. From powering their events with cleaner energy to sending zero waste to landfill, they've already switched single-use plastic bottles to those made from recycled materials, brought in deposit return schemes for cups and trialled ideas like labelling the carbon footprint of the food on sale. They're also active in greening the music industry more broadly. They've signed up to Music Declares Emergencies Pledges and they're a driving force within Vision 2025, a body bringing outdoor events and climate goals together. Sounds Like a Plan is all about ideas and solutions, so it made sense to me to team up with one of the most proactive festival organisers out there. One of their main events is the super eclectic Latitude, which takes place in Henham Park, Suffolk, from the 21st to the 24th of July, 2022. It's never too early to get planning. Early bird tickets are already on sale, so head to latitude.com forward slash tickets to get yours. That's latitude.com forward slash tickets. So big up to Festival Republic for their support and their essential work. They say their job is to preserve the live music experience for generations to come, and that is something that we can all get behind. Hello and welcome to Sounds Like a Plan, a podcast all about how the music world is taking action in the climate crisis. My name is Greg Cochran. I'm a journalist and podcaster. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm the other host. I'm Faye Milton, co-founder of Music Declares Emergency and a musician from the band Savages. And we made it to a second series. Welcome back. Uh, This time on the podcast, we are recapping the headlines from a busy summer of music and climate action. We will also give you a preview on the incredible collection of guests we are going to hear from in the podcast to come. Yep, it's no exaggeration to say that the next few months are going to be decisive for the climate crisis. Big question looming over us. Are we going to do what's needed? Plus, it wouldn't be Sounds Like a Plan without leaving you with some recommendations. So let's get into the podcast. Here we are, Faye, the difficult second series of the podcast. Absolutely. It's been an absolute nightmare so far, Greg. It's, it's, I'm tearing my hair out. I'm thinking of leaving the band. No, I'm kidding. It's been great. <laughs> Please don't <laughs> announce that on the podcast. Can't we just have talked about this off air? <laughs> no, it's been brilliant. I've really enjoyed what we've done so far. I'm, I'm so excited to tell everybody about what we have got planned over the next few months and what we've been up to as well, because we've recorded lots of great conversations that we're going to share for this new series of the podcast. Um, first, though, in case you are new to us and listening for the first time, we started Sounds Like a Plan back in April 2021. It was around Earth Day time. And it was in a response to a few different things, I suppose. Um, we felt like people wanted to talk about climate, people within the the, the music uh, community. There was like we were having lots of conversations with people and, and it felt like we wanted to make a place to, to, to have those conversations. Um, and we knew that there weren't that many other places that were doing that. So that was a reason why we, why we wanted to start the podcast. Um, and it also felt good to know that there are solutions out there that is progress being made in so many different areas within the music uh, community. And it just on a personal level made me feel a little bit less hopeless. Um, I don't know about you, Faye, how it made you feel kind of uh, getting out there and speaking to... Well, you're presuming that I felt hopeless in the first place, but um, no. (laughs) It's, yeah, no, it it really helped to... I just love talking to people. I love talking to people about this stuff. I love hearing what people Mm. are 
um, doing, positive change, action that's being taken, ideas for things. I think there's so much creativity around this, the climate issues and, and environmental issues in the music industry that it's just always fascinating to me. If you're joining us for the first time, we've already we've already talked to a great range of people with, within music. Uh, that was artists, people like Ed O'Brien from Radiohead, uh, music managers. Um, we had Jamie Oban um, from the 1975. Fantastic educators and communicators like Chiara Badiali from Julie's Bicycle. Um, who else? Heidi Lempfer. That was one of my personal favourite mm, episodes. From Cloud um, Control. Yeah, and she, she came up with this amazing, innovative idea to bring together all of her um, friends who are musicians to collaborate on a project to build a clean energy solar farm uh, out in rural Australia with just absolutely brilliant it's called Future Energy Artists um, and yeah it was just brilliant to go out there and have those conversations I don't know if you felt like there was a sort of common thread between all of those different guests that we've spoken to so far on the on the podcast Faye or, or whether you felt like they were it was interesting having all these people come from different angles yeah, I mean, I think the common thread was just taking action. It's all people, obviously, we, we chose people who were taking action, but it was all, the, there were so many different ways you can do things. We spoke to Melvin Ben, who is working out how to plug his festival into the mains power to, to run it off electricity. And we spoke to Canby Yu, who was doing um, community gardening in urban centres. And it's just, they couldn't be further apart in in the action you need to take, but it's it's just all positive and all moving forward. And I think there is a sense amongst, I mean, musicians tend to be forward-thinking people, creative people, and it's really how interesting to see that creativity being poured into um, environmental issues, basically. And I guess this is the point where I say all those episodes are available to listen to wherever you're checking out this podcast right now. So do go back and, and have a listen if that sounds of interest. Um, the idea then, Faye, with series two is that we are going bigger, bolder, deeper with our conversations and with this series of the podcast. Yeah, man. Yeah, does that sound like a good good approach? Yeah, we're we're ripping off the layers of veneer and we're getting to the the root underneath, the the real crux of the issues. None of that absolutely none of that surface stuff. This yeah, time. we're not tinkering around the edges no more. We're not tinkering, <laughs> we're diving right in. Real talk. Yeah, exactly, real talk. Um, each episode is going to shine a light on a different corner of the music world. Um, no guests this time on the podcast, just Faye and I, but over the next few months, you can expect to hear about NFTs with uh, Max Shan, the creator of Serenade, which is a platform promising um, an environmentally friendly alternative to traditional NFTs that are absolutely terrible for the environment. Uh, Lauren Sullivan, who's the co-founder of the uh, one of the original music and climate activism groups, Reverb, who work with everyone from Billie Eilish to Harry Styles. Charlotte Church, we got the opportunity to speak to her, discussing the links between nature and well-being and climate education. Sam Carter, who's the singer in British metal band Architects, who've taken an innovative and environmentally conscious approach to merchandise. He's also an ambassador for Sea Shepherd UK. Um, Ailey McLaughlin, one of the authors of the Clean Scene Report, which has uh, taken a really close look at the carbon footprint of the dance music world. And also James Thornton is the founder of Client Earth, who are the organisation using law to protect the planet and how unexpectedly that does have quite a lot of overlaps with the worlds of music and art. Uh, Loads more to come as well. Um, We'll we'll be speaking to other guests on this series as well. And, And next week, the second episode of this new series, 
Faye, you and I got to sit in a cupboard with Brian Eno. That actually happened, didn't it? We sat in a tiny cupboard and we built a mini studio in, in said cupboard and we had a lovely chat. I loved that episode. It was so nice to do it in person. Um, obviously, mm. it's great to meet people on via Zoom, which is how we've been doing our interviews mm-hmm. through the, uh, the pandemic. But um, being in real life in a cupboard was brilliant. we'll we'll explain more about just how surreal that was uh in in, uh, next week's podcast but um brian was discussing earth percent which is an organization that he has co-founded um which um is basically asking places within the music industry whoever it might be to 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 pledge um, a small amount of their um uh, of the money they make uh, and basically they're going to be funneling that money into organisations that are most impactful in in the climate space. So it was really, really interesting to hear about about that and how that's been growing uh, just recently. Um, So if all that sounds interesting to you, do hit follow and you'll get every new episode that we make. Each time we release them, they'll appear in your podcast library on a Tuesday. And do leave us a review if you're feeling generous, um, if you do like the series as it goes on, and do tell a friend because that's the best way that we can spread the word about Sounds Like a Plan. Uh, You'll also find us on Instagram. We are at Sounds Like a Plan Podcast. And if you want to send us a longer note, we've got an email address. It's sounds like a plan podcast at gmail.com. And we really want people to be in touch and tell us what you think, what you make of the interviews, things you'd like to hear on the podcast. Um, it's really important to us that we have um, a community around the podcast. And, and it was brilliant during series one hearing from so many people who've who've been into what we've been doing. So, Faye, I, I want to set the scene a little bit. I'm going to say something that might sound completely hyperbolic, some words that come out of my mouth that might sound hyperbolic, but I'd like you to tell me whether it is or not. Um, so here goes. The um, <laughs> the destiny of our planet as we know it and human civilization will be irreversibly decided by the solid or otherwise commitments and actions of a comparatively small number of powerful people between now and the end of this year. Is that true or is that overdoing it? That's true. And now you put it like that, it's absolutely terrifying. Should we explain? Should we dig into what that means? I mean, basically, it's, we're talking about COP26, right? Yes, we are. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the huge UN World Climate Conference where everyone gets together. And this year is particularly important. If anyone has heard of the Paris Agreement, where all of the countries got together to decide to stay try their best to stay within a 1.5 degree of warming which doesn't sound Mm -hmm. that much but it's actually we're at 1.2 degrees so far and as we've seen forest fires and floods and all sorts of craziness go on each sort of point of a degree is actually makes quite a lot of difference so that was in i think it was 2015 and it was supposed to be five years later that that was reviewed um uh obviously last year didn't happen so it's happening this year. It's a big moment mm. and there's, it's really like, no, let's stay positive. But if we don't get our shit together now, we're in a lot of trouble. And there's going to be a lot of people having to get out on the streets and protest and do all of this stuff. So hopefully governments around the world will take the sort of really radical action that needs to be taken. Um, and the less radical things like stop funding and fossil fuel industry, you know, basics. Something that you said that has stayed with me, you said this in, I think, episode one of Sounds Like a Plan, you talked about how the climate crisis is the story of our age, this of, of this very moment. So with that in mind, I mean, we are writing the history books right now, aren't we? Like in this, in this moment, the next few months, we're, we're 
history is being written as to whether those people that um, are in power take the necessary um, action that's needed or if they don't. And, and, and that, that is, it's, it just sounds so grand talking in those terms, but that is the truth, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I mean, history's in the making all the time, but particular moments in history, this is such a vital time. It's it's really what the pivotal points that people will look back on and and see whether we made the right decisions or not and, and if the the right things were done or not. You know, it's you could look back to these sort of pivotal moments before World Wars where it if things had happened differently at that moment, then this sort of huge destruction wouldn't have ended up this it's almost like um like a domino run you know it's like this mm, kind of mm. someone's pushing the domino that then everything falls over um so yeah that's that's where we're at everybody <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i um lots of people listening would have would have been familiar with the um the ipcc report that was released in august so this was like the kind of the, the big uh climate report sort of updating on exactly where we are and and it really couldn't have been clearer it was you know thousands of scientists coming together to basically put a message together that said this is code red for humanity like action is needed right now that is that is the um the information going into this next few months like it, it couldn't be more urgent quite excitingly i think um i'm going to be in glasgow for cop 26 my first cop experience and i I think you're going to be up there as well right Faye? yeah i'm going to be up there um i think i've got a place to stay it's it's like gold dust trying to get somewhere to stay in glasgow um but yeah i'm going to be up there there's some gigs happening that are quite exciting enter shikari are doing two shows um supporting the message of no music on a dead planet and they're going to be talking about climate during those shows up in glasgow i believe those are the third and fourth of November and then even better I'm DJing <laughs> for the right. vegan society <laughs> on the 5th and there's also a really great concert that's going to happen on the 6th again sort of um promoting music declares emergency up in Glasgow more details to follow on that yeah so you'll be you'll be hearing loads about COP26 on this series of sounds like a plan um uh, and and its significance and hopefully we'll be able to talk about how yeah m- music and kind of you know the, the power of music the transformational power of music can kind of is going to be woven in with all of that stuff um getting back specifically to the music side of things a couple of things that i wanted to mention that i think have been fairly major developments while we have been away from the podcast the last couple of months um listeners may have read about this but um massive attack together with the tyndall institute for climate research published a report in september they basically crunched uh, loads of data that had um, been put together from massive attacks most recent tours um and with the aim of basically putting together a document that was making suggestions about how um, touring practices can be greener. And they've, they've put it online. It's made available as a free re- resource. You can find it and you can dig it out and read it. Lots of it online. But I, I, I wanted to kind of pull out a few of the sort of more eye-catching suggestions within that um, that I think would be interesting to just talk about for a few minutes. The the fact that it suggests like the, you know, that um, we eliminate the use of private jets. Um, Other things in there included work with local authorities so that gig tickets include free public transport. Um, Venues and festivals generate clean, renewable energy on site. So the installation of things like solar panels, Um, using uh, energy efficient sound and lighting equipment, something that we've mentioned on the podcast before. Um, the artists perform at venues that are taking action to reduce their um, their energy imprints, and also um, 
planning tours in a way that minimise travel and transport. Those were some of the things that were sort of the headlines, if you like, to come out of this report. But um, Faye, what did you make of it all? I think it's great that Massive Attack have used their platform to make this a headline piece of information. Um, mm-hmm. I've I've got to say, like a lot of that information was already available. Um, mm. Definitely on the Music Declares Emergency website, all of that, yep, all of yep. those suggestions were there. Um, Julie's Bicycle, who built our sort of action section on the website, have been... Um, have had all these solutions for ages. So there's there's part of me that's like, this is great. We already had that information, but I think the important part of it is, you know, bringing that platform to it. Massive Attack have a huge platform, a huge following, hugely respected artists, and just sort of reiterating that information so that they can get it onto a Guardian advert, they can get it on the front page of NME, they can get it on those headlines. Mm. That's half the battle really is, is bringing it to people's attention. Um, because mm. not everyone sort of is thinking about this every day. Not everyone knows where to look to find the information. So although I'm like slightly split on like, okay, cool, we already knew this, but mm. it's also really great to reiterate it and to to shout loudly about it. And I, I really applaud um, Massive Attack for making that, making taking the time and putting the money in to make that happen. You know, it's. It's mm. it's all extra. They don't need to do that stuff. It's all the extra things that people do like that that really help to spread information and um, yeah, and keep keep change happening. Unless I'm mistaken, I don't think you've got a private jet, Faye. And and, and if you have, you've never invited me on the private jet. But the um, it sounds like common sense, doesn't it, to say like el- eliminate the use of private jets. Like how how realistic is that? If you if you are um, an artist that's kind of like playing say stadiums and flying around or arenas and flying around the world um for, for different tours and things like that like uh, i guess i'm just sort of a, i want to just drop in a, a sort of a dose of realism like are, are people going to listen to that like if somebody is used to a certain lifestyle of, of of complete privilege and luxury it's difficult to say to them like don't don't do that but but it's necessary that they don't do that like, don't use a private jet. I mean, I've never had to say to someone, don't use a private jet. Um, I don't know how that conversation goes down. I mean, there's obviously reasons why people use private jets because they're, they're, they can't live in a way that's, like, emotionally okay to be in public. Someone's, like, so hugely mm. famous that they can't go anywhere without getting completely harangued. Um, mm. So there's obviously reasons why people do it. But also, I think... More than just pointing at people using private jets, it's it's like everyone has everyone's lives have different kind of boundaries and limits in them. I've never been on a private jet. It's not telling me to cut out private jets. I'm like, yeah, cool, I'll cut them out. <laughs> That's me done. No, it's like I wasn't using them anyway. So it's like, well, wherever. But if you were an artist like Rihanna, it might be a real issue to to cut those things out, um, mm. just because you you may not be able to function effectively um being Mm. in public constantly um so as much as i agree with it is it's a it's like taking a big step is something that you can do whatever level you're working at um Mm. and i think there's cutting out unnecessarily flights is something that everyone should do cutting out unnecessary Mm. car journeys van journeys is something that everyone can do um 
I I think there's something like very, um, it sounds very excessive having private jets. And it probably is, I'm sure it is. But it, again, it's it's like, if your life dictates that you've got such a mad life, that it, that's what's going on, then that is a huge um, commitment for you to, to cut that out. I'm trying to be really diplomatic here, but what I'm saying is that it's such a joke that like, we're literally about to reach like the end of civilization and we're worried about people's mm. private jets. Like on one hand, mm. there's that mm. side of it that's like, basically all of us should pretty much stop traveling anywhere, especially in the privileged um, West, privileged countries who've, people have been flying for years. I know that I've taken so many flights in my life and mm. now I'm like, okay, I've done my flights. Young people are coming through and they don't get to fly at all. That's, that's unfair. Mm. Because I've I've seen the world, I've done my things. So it's like, well, I'm going to sort of draw the line in my life and say, look, I've done that part of my life. I'm thankful for it. Mm. But other people haven't. And it's it's just, I don't know. It's just this huge head fuck, basically, of realising that what needs to happen is massive change. Like everyone needs to stop flying, basically, completely. Maybe one flight a year, any mm. more than that then you really need to think about what you're doing. Mm, um, mm. But what you can actually ask people to do is very different. So if you go into, say, let's keep using an example of Rihanna. But if you were to mm. go to her sort of production manager, manager and, and the artist and say, you need to do one flight a year and that's it, you're going to be laughed out of the room. Or it's just like this, it just mm. isn't possible. Whereas if you say, look, can you stop taking private jets? Can you try and this is actually the given figures of like, this is how much carbon you can stop using from stopping private jets. Can you consider doing this on first class instead? Mm. Then that's like a way in. But still, it's like if you're flying first class, that's still like triple the carbon footprint of flying economy just because it takes up more space basically on the plane. Mm. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, Greg, because it's like you try and like drip feed things to people to try and make it palatable. But really, deep down, the same people who are trying, you know, pussyfooting around people saying, Can you, would you please change this tiny thing? It's like deep down, because I'm, I'm, you know, one of those people working in climate activism. Deep down, you know, it's like, we need to do a lot more than this. But I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Sorry, that was such mm -hmm. a rant. <laughs> No, 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 not at all. I, what I think what actually it displays is that like we talk about the challenge and the difficulty of discussing the climate crisis as a whole. And it's basically that what we just said is sort of summing that up that even the components of it, something is like not minor because that sounds like it's dismissing it, but it, because this is an important contributor, but something as individual as private jets is a very difficult thing to unravel and, and takes a lot of it's a complicated discussion around trying to stop somebody doing that. Uh, and that's just one thing amongst thousands of things. So it, mm. it just goes to show just how complex the whole thing is, basically. Yeah, completely. And we look to governments to make radical decisions. But governments have to get voted. And I'm not standing up for them because I think many governments around the world, including our own, are pretty awful. But like, mm. they have to make decisions on things, make calls on things. They can see the figures. They can see that we need to stop petrol cars, for example, pretty much straight away. Um, mm. And yet they can't ask the public to do that. It's the same thing as trying going into Rihanna's office saying, stop taking private jets, start flying economy. 
it's like that governments have to think, well, can we ask people to get rid of their cars? And then half our country mm. won't have cars, more than that. And it's mm. classist and it's, it's, you know, it's affects poor people more. And it's like, it's so complicated, all of it. But then again, it's also so simple. Um, mm. Mm. We need to stop funding fossil fuels, full stop. Like fossil fuels have to go. And then mm. that's the one thing we can do that, that can really start to shift things yeah i mean i think what we're talking about is the fact that we need that you've already mentioned strong leadership in the next few months this is exactly the kind of stuff that we're, we're talking about um can i tell you about something that made me really sad and really scared uh in the last few months Faye? oh um, please do that w- <laughs> <laughs> come on let's cheer us both up um it was the extreme weather that affected some of the uk festivals back in july um oh yeah I, I vividly remember it was a Sunday I was at home uh, in North London there was flash flooding it, uh, uh, people might experience this if, if you're in the near there at the time but there was basically like sideways rain the, the rain was coming down it was I'd probably never seen rain like it so hard it was coming through the window frame of our flat and I I was immediately thinking of those fans that were in places like Stand and Corning uh, mm. in Hertfordshire and uh, I know that Latitude was that weekend too and I think they possibly escape the worst of it but i remember reading tweets from the organizers of standing call and saying like uh appealing to people that were on site saying please don't try and leave the site because the roads are blocked and closed because of the flooding Uh, and just this idea that there were people there stuck in that weather uh maybe they had young families they didn't you know there was probably not an awful lot of cover to try and get out of it and this idea that some probably some people felt quite sort of trapped and, and 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 were sort of um surprised at just how extreme that was and uh, because festivals are supposed to be these sort of oasis these places that we escape to and lose our inhibitions and have fun and and extreme weather can threaten that and science says that it's only going to get more frequent and more severe and it just made me really sad both for both as a music fan who loves going to festivals and also just those festival organizers that have fought so hard the last, last couple of years to actually make events happen and you know get over the barriers of covid and travel and visas and, and insurance and, and things like that just to get mm. an, a festival happening and and i just it just felt like a real kick in the teeth after the last couple of years of, of of struggle and we talk we've talked loads on this podcast about how we both love festivals and um it just hit home because i i hadn't really thought about the combination of outdoor events and extreme weather in the uk that much at all i just put it down to the fact that we have inclement weather in the uk and sometimes it rains a lot at glastonbury or whatever mm-hmm. but but now i've really been thinking about a lot recently of just how if we don't take action just how increasingly that's going to happen it's going to ruin some stuff that we love and that made me sad I, I'm very, very optimistic, but the weather globally this summer made me like lose some elements of my optimism about the whole situation. Mm. Like mm. partly half the world was flooding, half the world was on fire. And then in England, we just had extreme weather, but our extreme weather was like extremely fucking gray all summer. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, I thought, even in the back of my mind, I thought, well, at least global warming will make it a little bit hotter in England. I know that's stupid and I know that's not how it works. But in the back of your mind, you're like, yeah, but it might be a bit hotter. And it's like, <laughs> oh, no, it doesn't mean that at all. It means all the weather systems are fucked up and we, we're not hot at all. It just rains all mm. summer. And mm. it just makes you realise, like, crops, everything we eat depends on the weather being seasonal. 
Mm. And if, mm. if it's not, then it's it's pretty difficult. God, we're really doom and gloom today, Greg. I can't, I can't <laughs> help it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully we're going to, I think hopefully uh, some of the things that we're going to bring to listeners over the next um, the next few weeks, next few months with, with the conversations we recorded will uplift us a bit more because we have heard about some like absolutely fantastic stuff that's happening um with, with that in mind like i kind of i'm really excited to for, for what's to come like as always like with each of these um, new episodes of the podcast like Faye and i want to leave you with some recommendations um so this is the the part where we aim to point you in the direction of a campaign or a social media account or a website article podcast an app it might be a service or something like that anything that we've come across recently that we think is worth your time checking out um Faye, what is what is your recommendation? What's the first thing you want to share on season two of uh, Sounds Like a Plan? Well, my dear listeners, um, Climate Music Blowout is a big event that Music Declares Emergency is doing on the 17th of October in London at Earth in Hackney. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be firstly a conference for the music industry, basically, um, or anyone who's sort of super interested in how the industry can become greener. Loads of really exciting, interesting speakers and panels, um, talks about NFTs, things like that, digital sustainability, what the world is waiting for with Mike Smith, global president of downtown music. We've got a panel called Get Into The Groove, which is about what record labels can do. We've got funky names for all of them. Go Your Own Way (laughs) is the panel about travel in music. Um, Loads of really interesting stuff. And then afterwards, we've got a really great gig that's happening. And that's going to feature Black Country New Road with special guests doing some kind of mad improv. Um, Porridge Radio, Skinny Palembe and Steam Down. So it's uh, who's hot. That's a hell of a lineup. Who's not <laughs> in London? Yeah, and uh, and the DJ set's going to be super cool that we haven't announced yet. So um, yeah, basically, if you're interested in climate and music, it's the event for you. There's still tickets available. You can go to climatemusicblowout.com to find that, or see it on our socials, which is at uh, Music Declares. Um, on Instagram Excellent. and Twitter. So that's climatemusicblowout.com for tickets. Cool. So, um, yeah, that's my recommendation. It's going to be great. I'm going to be there. You're going to be there, Greg. I am going to be there, yeah. So if that, I mean, <laughs> I think you sold it pretty well anyway, but we will both be there, which if that's a <laughs> clincher for some people. Of course it is. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be great. I mean, yeah, you, the, the work that um, yourself and Music Declares Emergency and, and all of your partners on this have done, it, is is brilliant and and yeah it genuinely will be if if i mean clearly if you're listening to this podcast you have an interest in this area and like this is a day and a night full of 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 like inspiring stuff so do go and check it out and it's a sunday so you don't have anything better to do exactly so no excuses (laughs) (laughs) um I'm doing that thing where I recommend another podcast. Um, so don't queue it up until you finish listening to this one, obviously. But um, it is called Your Brain on Climate. And it's all about how human psychology and the climate crisis intermingle. Um, the, sort of the, the, the description of what the podcast is uh, uh, says um, what we think, why we think it, and how it all adds up to a planet-sized emergency. Hosted by a guy called Dave Powell. And it comes um, at this subject of psychology and the uh, climate crisis from loads of 
really, really interesting angles. Um, for example, the episode that I've just finished listening to was all about conflict. So basically how you engage with somebody who has a different opinion to you on, on the subject of climate. Um, and yeah, it's just fascinating. It's a brilliant podcast. Loads of really, really insightful guests. Uh, a different way of, um, of coming at this, uh, as we've already talked about on this podcast, incredibly complex subject. Um, and this just makes loads and loads of sense. And, um, and yeah, c- certainly one that I would recommend. It's called Your Brain on Climate. Nice. I like that recommendation. I'm going to download that too. Do it. Do it. It's really, really good. So thanks for your recommendation, Faye. And um, I hope people have enjoyed listening to this bit of a setup episode for this uh, forthcoming series of Sounds Like a Plan. As we said right at the top, some fantastic people that we're going to be speaking to over the next uh, 10 weeks, including Brian Eno next week, speaking from his shed, uh, which I'm really, really looking forward to sharing with everybody. So thank you to you, Faye. Like, it's great to be back together doing the podcast again. I'm looking forward to uh, what we've already explained is going to be absolutely kind of a pivotal point for the next uh, pivotal moment the next few months. I'm looking forward to speaking to all these people and, and hearing lots more on the subject of music and the climate crisis. So thanks very much for listening. We're glad to be back and we're looking forward to sharing lots more discussion with you very, very soon. Thanks for streaming this episode of Sounds Like a Plan. Faye Milton was your host along with me, Greg Cochran. This podcast is made by New Allotment. You can find more about them at newallotment.com. Parts of this episode were recorded at Pirate Studios in Tottenham, London. Pirate offer a range of modern and affordable recording and rehearsal spaces at more than 25 locations across the UK and Germany. And they're open 24-7. For more info or to book a studio, hit up the link in our show notes this episode has been edited by mighty moon media and the artwork is by Stuart stubbs our theme music was created by light and until next time we're together thanks for listening